I greet you this morning with grace and peace. We're going to start a new sermon series this, uh, this morning called Conversations. What's a conversation? The dictionary definition is a talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. Now, last week... I had a mug, and I showed you my pastor mug, and today I thought I'd bring my LSU mug. Uh, Brennan and I were blessed to have a couple of tickets to go to the game last night, and so us and another 100,000 people, uh, we just got all into it, and he can hardly talk this morning, and I might be impacted a little bit myself, but it it was a great game. It was a lot of fun. So I had determined I would bring this mug, win or lose. I will not be a fair weather fan, so um, I was going to use this mug this morning anyway. Let me tell you the story on this mug. I've had this mug for several years, even before I went into the ministry. When I had an office, um, my business office there, I, I bought this mug, and it was part of my decor in the office. It sat on my desk, and... There was even a time and a season where I put pins in it. It was a pin holder. Somewhere along the way, I decided it got put in a, I decided I'd pull it out and I began using the coffee mug for what it was intended to be used for. I mean, it looks like a mug. It, it's, it works pretty good. So for the last few years, I have been using this coffee mug as it is intended sometimes our lives are set up on a shelf and they're not really doing what they're intended to do it's a decoration (laughs) but you and I are vessels to be filled with the very presence and the spirit of God for a specific design and purpose Several years ago, Carmen and I were on a cruise. It was a church cruise. I was blessed to be the Sunday school and discipleship chairman for the district. And that particular year, the national meeting was on a, on a cruise. We had never been on a cruise. Hadn't been on one since. We kind of liked the beach, you know, instead of doing this all the time. But the speakers on that, one was Howe and Debbie Perkins. And another guy was, was Michael Henderson. And Michael Henderson wrote a book that really he kind of connected with me on that one. And his book is Making Disciples One Conversation at a Time. And as I was preparing for this message and a series of messages, rather, of conversations, I was reminded of that and some of the intro to his book. Because Mike Henderson teaches that the kingdom of God spreads throughout the world one conversation at a time. Now think about it. How did you come to Christ? Sometimes it's in a mass crusade, but most often people are drawn to Christ or they engaged in a conversation, maybe multiple conversations that led you to saving faith in Jesus Christ. The art of making disciples is the art of redemptive discussions. The art of making disciples is the art of redemptive discussions. You say, what in the world are you talking about, Pastor? Well, we all have discussions, right? We talk about a lot of things. We talk about this beautiful weather. I'm thankful for the weather. We talk about the Tigers. Go Tigers. I like the Tigers. I love to talk about the Tigers. 
But at the end of the day, friends, we've got to talk about some things that are eternal. <laughs> and Lord, help our minds and our mouth, help our words to be part of redemptive conversations or redemptive discussions. Just as you begin following Jesus at some point in your life, you make disciples by helping your friends do the same. Conversation by conversation, you help your friend take the next step, then the next, then the next. Until that person reflects the character and the nature of Jesus and they say, oh, wow, I too must have conversations. And the disciple making process continues. Jesus announced the coming of the kingdom of God to large masses of people. Many were intrigued by his teachings and stories, but not everybody became a disciple. Only a few of the genuine followers of Jesus Christ. And it was because they spent a whole lot of time with the Master. He entrusted the ongoing establishment of the kingdom to them. He gave them the Great Commission. Which what? What is the Great Commission? Go into the, all the world. Teach. Baptize them. But it's not just in water baptism. It's dropping a little Jesus all throughout your day. Not everybody's the pastor that gets in the water with the individuals and, and, and puts them under. No, we can baptize Jesus all throughout the day. One conversation at a time. They must have done a pretty good job. Because the kingdom of God has expanded. In fact, it's it's expanded across the continents. It's expanded across the waters, across the globe. The gospel came to Acadiana. The gospel came to you and me. And it's not supposed to stop. It's supposed to continue one conversation at a time. We all have that commission to make disciples, but pastor, how do we do that? Do we call a big meeting? Do we do some hashtags, follow Jesus? Do we do some publicity campaigns? Friends, if we follow his example, we will do it one conversation at a time. One heart to heart in conversation or discussion at a time. The gospel spread throughout the world of the first centuries by conversation between close friends, neighbors, business associates. People with whom the passionate Christians already had personal contact with. And so today the church grows and expands and people come to maturity in Christ nearly always. How? Through the influence of somebody else. Through my influence and through your influence. Look at your neighbor and say, you have influence. Even the shyest person in here this morning talks. <laughs> My girls, they'll be here next week. We're so excited. They get to come home for fall break. They're a little shy, but when they get comfortable, they, they can have some chatter going on now. Even the most shy people talks to people every day. And a lot of that, again, is idle chatter. It's not anything to do with the advancement of God's kingdom. But friends, all of those conversations are opportunities for us to extend the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Can you help me and ask God to just enhance the quality of our conversations? Do you think God would be honored if we could, if we could just... Ramp it up a notch on the quality of our conversations. 
I think it would help us do what Jesus commanded, make disciples. We could turn meaning, and isn't there a lot of meaningless chatter going on? I mean, don't get distracted on all the junk on Facebook and social media and the news media. There's something bigger going on, and it's the kingdom of God. We can help our friends become all that God intends for them. And can I tell you this? As I am helping my friend become all that God intends for them, do you know what's happening to me? (laughs) God's making me a little bit more like Jesus. He's working on me as I'm endeavoring to help them follow Jesus. We want to get to that place where Paul said, and I love this, it's a, love, it's a life verse for me. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, follow me as I follow Christ. That's a great verse for parents. It's a great verse for disciple makers. Follow me as I follow Christ. It's all built around our most precious human commodity. And what is that? Friendships. Making disciples is nothing more than helping our friends follow Jesus. I told you a few weeks ago, discipleship is simply one beggar telling another beggar where the good stuff is. We do that by sanctifying our words so that they do some good. We use the word sanctification a lot around here. God, make us holy, set us apart for holy use. So let's go through how many conversations do you have each week? How many conversations will you have this day? Can we ask the Holy Spirit to help us set aside our words for a holy use? Whoo, that even changed some stuff going on around the house, huh? Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Whoo, Jesus, help me. Help me treat him with grace and peace. What if we could sanctify our words so that they do some good? Look at this verse from Psalm 19 and read it with me, please. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth. We get up every morning and we say, Lord, let the words of my mouth, that'll help us, that'll help me, it helps me as we sanctify our words. I'm told that out of 120 conversations that our Lord Jesus had recorded in the New Testament, only eight of them happened inside the church building. The rest of them were out in the marketplace. They were at the well. They were with Zacchaeus at a tree. They were out in the desert. His conversation happened in the places where people lived. I'm not saying don't come to church. I'm glad you're at church. We come to church. We come to church to celebrate. We have to have the preached word. But friends, the kingdom of God is not going to advance in here only. It will advance as you use your mouth where you live and where you go to school and where you work. Today we're going to look at a couple of conversations. One of them is Jesus' conversation with a Jew. And then we'll look at one of his disciples and his conversation with a Gentile. The first one, and, and I got a helper this morning. Come, Miss Emma, and, and uh, join the conversation. Don't you just love the way this young lady reads? So you, you want to sit down or you want to stand up? You can sit down if you want. Tell us, you, if you want to follow along, it's John chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, 
a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, We speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who can da- He who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man, who is in heaven, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Fantastic. Great job. Have you heard of this conversation before? (laughs) You probably, possibly one of the first Bible verses you ever memorized came from this incredible conversation and discussion that Jesus had. In fact, I would just like for you to repeat it with me. Verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is having a conversation with Nicodemus, and it's pretty incredible when you look at the way the pattern of the questions. Jesus, Nicodemus comes with a question, and then Jesus gives him an intriguing answer. And so Nicodemus has to come back like, okay, I don't really understand this. And then Jesus goes even more intriguing. See, sometimes, I used to tell sales reps all the time, don't just go out in there and just do this verbal vomit thing. I mean, they don't really care how much you know. You need to find out what they know, what they need. Just listen. They're not even close to buying what you're selling today. I think Jesus, he had to ask some clarifying questions to see where the ruler of the law, where, where Nick was. I had a Bible college teacher, Dr. A.P. Brown. Man, some students ever say, he is always so mean, he's so... uh." He just was trying to get you to talk. (laughs) He was trying to get you to think. And so he'd be kind of controversial in some of the discussion questions he would put out there. My Jewish friends, when I was traveling, they don't like the way we just kind of go and pat each other on the back. I mean, they want to fuss about stuff. Even at their dinner tables, they want to do this. They want to flesh it out, fight it out, and have a healthy discussion. I'm not suggesting you go fight it out, but I am suggesting that the Holy Spirit is calling us to some redemptive conversation. Who's having this conversation? 
It's Nicodemus. It's a man of the Pharisees. He's a ruler of the Jews. Can I tell you this morning, Nicodemus is a very religious person. A Pharisee means the separated ones. They viewed themselves separated by God for his purposes. They were extremely committed, even fanatical, in their service to God. During the time that Jesus lived, the Pharisees were the most respected, most esteemed religious leaders in Israel. They believed in the supernatural and they earnestly waited for the arrival of the Messiah. That was different from the Sadducees who didn't believe in the supernatural and weren't waiting for the Messiah. The Pharisees were holding very strictly to the law. Scripture tells us that he was a ruler of the Jews. Chief one, ruler, prince. Leader of the local synagogue and member of the Sanhedrin's highest authorities in that land. Because of that position, and we'll see Nicodemus later in the life of Jesus as they're burying Jesus. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, both leaders, prominent, influential, and even wealthy. See, Jesus calls us to minister to all people. I love who he's having this conversation with. It's not always to the down and out. He goes to the margins of society and he goes after every lost sheep. But I love that Jesus goes even to the authorities, even to the rulers. I mean, he, it's upward evangelism, it's downward evangelism, outward evangelism. Jesus goes to everyone. How many people are in this audience? I don't know, John might have been listening in, but pretty much it's an audience of one. It's Jesus and Nicodemus visiting him when? When did this conversation happen? Happened at night. <laughs> Nicodemus likely wanted to avoid visiting Jesus by day. and He's a pretty influential guy. Maybe it would have drawn too much attention, too much notoriety. And here he is, this maverick. Rabbi, I, I don't know if I want everybody. I don't think it was so much fear as a lot of the rabbis, they spent a lot of time studying at night so they would not be interrupted. They would not be disturbed. Nicodemus apparently wanted an absolute private and undisturbed time with Jesus. I think if they had coffee, they had decaf because they were drinking at night. <laughs> I like decaf, so I don't know that that's the truth or not, but it was at night. It was undisturbed. What he told Jesus during this visit reveals a whole lot about what's going on in Nicodemus' heart and about his spiritual hunger. First, he calls Jesus rabbi. The word itself is, means great. It's used as a title of respect. But the Pharisees, they use that very... Meaningful, they loved to be called rabbi because they viewed themselves as the chief keepers of the law. So for Nicodemus to use this term, it, and he's one of the rulers of the law, it really means something here. He wouldn't have used that term unless he had seen something going on in Jesus' life. In fact, he even talks about, it appears that in John chapter 2 and 1, he's been watching Jesus really closely. He's been watching these signs and, and miracles and, and he's, he's like, I know enough about the law. I know enough about Messiah. Something is happening here and I need to know more. Rabbi, 
was very impressed with Jesus' knowledge of the Scriptures. I believe Nick was hungry. He was so hungry to find a touch of God that he visited Jesus at this night hour. He had been to the meetings during the day. He was watching Jesus. None of these things could be happening unless you were sent from God. He was moved by these things. He wanted to know more. And Jesus told Nicodemus, I say to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And this famous conversation, we're still talking about it 2,000 years ago, and it's been preached many, 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 many times. Can I tell you the truth of this conversation is still same today you and i must be born again born of the water and of spirit baptism represents the repentance aspect of salvation when our candidates get in the water today they are testifying i am done with the old life i am burying my old life of sin and i'm being raised to walk in newness of life repentance is not a 360 where i get I confess my sin for a little bit and then I go right back to it. No, repentance is a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of direction. Born of the water and of the Spirit. And the Spirit comes in newness of life and gives us new life to all who believe in Jesus. The teacher of the law is asking questions. I I mean, Jesus has a little fun with him, doesn't he? He's like... um, Are you a teacher of the law? I mean, come on, man. Don't you get this? You can't understand it any more than you can the wind. That religious person, that religious leader would have known about Moses and the bronze serpent. So Jesus goes back on his teaching there and and he recalls that and he says, justice is in the desert. And we preached that in the map series where they were bitten by the snakes. But if they would look to the bronze snake, it was it was that act of faith on their part that would save them. And just as Jesus, he says, so must the son of man be lifted up. And in a few days, that's exactly what would happen. Jesus would be lifted up on the cross. And if you and I today look to the cross and we believe we too can be born again. Hallelujah. God so loved the world that he gave. Can you just think about that incredible gift that he gave his only son? That whoever (laughs) all around the globe, regardless of our background or... Regardless, regardless, regardless that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting, eternal life. Life that goes on and on and on forever. Now that's a whole lot better than some of the idle chatter we have, doesn't it? What if God would use me this week to call somebody to think about, you must be born again, talk to think through eternal life and the gift of Jesus Christ. I don't believe he wants just to use Pastor Dale. I believe he wants to use you and you and you and you. Thursday, I, poor Brennan, he coming from the game last night. I'm a political junkie, and so 
my battery had died. I could not get all the election results, so I plugged in my phone, and he's driving back. Normally, we listen to the after-the-game analysis, but he had to sit there and read every statewide office, every Senate, every, every. I needed to know how my friends were doing and who, who won and who lost. So he was giving me all the stats. I honor you, buddy, for helping me because he wanted to sleep. Thursday night, I'm down in New Iberia in my district. I've got a friend that's running for state representative, and and he was having a pre-election party. So I drove down to New Iberia, and I show up at this venue, and it was very symbolic of my mission field. Man, the booze was a-flowing, and the band was a-playing loud, and it was a, I mean, it was a, there was a lot of people. It was a lot of energy, and I didn't know anybody but my buddy. <laughs> and I got to looking around a little bit. I think it was the Holy Spirit talking to me. I felt like there was a lot of religious people there. And Jesus assured me some of them knew him as their personal Lord and Savior. Okay? I'm not... He assured me, some of them know me. (laughs) But I saw a lot of people going through the motions. I saw a lot of religious people. I believe he was showing me with spiritual eyes. And then I had to repent. When I got home, I was a little uncomfortable. Okay, can I just tell you? As soon as it was appropriate, the the preacher got in his car and I, I, got, I went back to my house. And the Lord said, I kind of like you being uncomfortable. I kind of like where you were. There's a few people you could have talked to. I said, Lord, forgive me. I'm preaching on conversation Sunday. I, I'll do better next week, Jesus. Now, I can take a spanking from Jesus. You don't have to. Just don't do what I did this past week. If the Spirit prompts you, be a little more careful. Listen, are you with me this morning? Are you with me? It's okay for us to get a little uncomfortable. Everybody can come up here and have a conversation with the pastor. It's in my house. It's in my place. It's in God's house, rather. But I'm on my territory. But Jesus was going out there where they lived. Having a redemptive conversation. He didn't come to condemn but to save. We put ourselves under condemnation when we refuse to believe in Him. This one conversation gives us insight into how we too can have eternal life. God, can I tell you, everybody at that party, everybody in Acadia, everybody in this world, God Almighty wants to have a conversation with them. Are you with me? God wants to have a conversation with him. Sometimes he'll do it himself as he came in the form of Jesus in the, in the, as the Son of God with Nicodemus. But he, he also uses people. He uses me and you, not set on a shelf, but filled with the very presence and Spirit of God to have a redemptive conversation with someone about eternal life. It happened with Philip. In Acts chapter 8. That's our second conversation this morning. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise, go toward the south, along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Where does this conversation happen? In the desert. 
So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of Ethiopians, who had charge of all the treasury, and had come to Jerusalem to worship. So here, again, is upward evangelism. This is a man of influence. This is a man of responsibility. He has a seeking heart, just like Nicodemus, because he has gone to Jerusalem to worship. He was returning and sitting in the chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. Now here, again, here's a question. Do you understand what you're reading? Led by the spirit, what question am I supposed to ask this individual? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in which the scripture, which he read, he was reading from Isaiah. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare this generation, his generation for his life is taken from the earth? So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? And Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, he preached Jesus to him. How many people in the audience today? A huge assembly? No. One. Maybe a driver. Where? In a desert. (laughs) They went down the road. (laughs) They came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, whoo, you may, brother. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water and he bat- I don't I think water's pretty scarce in the desert, but there was water there. They had a baptism immediately after coming to faith in Jesus. They came up out of the water. The Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found as Azotus and passing through he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. I love that this conversation The gospel expanding, the kingdom expanding. I believe this Ethiopian would go on to even plant a church. Maybe that they can trace churches in in that continent back to to this missionary encounter. (laughs) Philip was led by the Spirit. And you get did you catch that when I was reading that? It said he when he heard, he ran. (laughs) He ran. He was invited up. Samuel Logan Brigham said this, when God moves us to speak to people, we may be sure he has been dealing with their hearts and preparing the way for us. This is not just you going out on a solo run. No, my friends, this is participating with God Almighty in the greatest experiments. You say, Pastor, I need some purpose in my life. My friends, you were created to be filled with the Spirit of God, to be created in His image, reflecting the glory and the character of God, His Spirit flowing through you and through me. And in the process of that, I get to tell somebody else about Jesus and what He can do in their lives. That'll bring some purpose and and power to who you are. (laughs) We sang about it, right? I am who you say I am. You You are a child of God created in His image. Now look, He's still working on me. 
<laughs> to make me what I ought to be. He's got to line me up a little bit and correct me. That's, that's okay. As we have continuing conversations with Jesus in the morning and in small groups, we learn to be a more, little more like Jesus. God is pursuing a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. That Ethiopian had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Guess what? He couldn't get all in, all the way in to worship. He wasn't allowed. But you know what God does? God chases him. God sends the Spirit to fill and chases him even in a desert place. And said, let's talk about Jesus. Friends, millions today are asking someone, how can I? Unless someone tells me. Millions are seeking. It might even be religious people like Nicodemus. It might even be some that have been around the church for a long time. But they do not have the personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But I have good news for you this morning. Jesus Christ wants an encounter and a relationship that is real and personal with every single one of us. Child to the oldest person here. You must be born of water and the Spirit. And talked about Jesus. And the Ethiopian said, there's water right here. I want, to, I want to be baptized. Today, baptism is not saving these individuals. No, God has already saved them. He's already radically transformed their lives. This is an outward sign of an inward work of what Jesus has already done. This morning, there's two ways I want you to respond to what the Lord has said to us. One may be, you may need to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. What a, what a more wonderful time than today could you ask for. Than Baptist of saying, Lord, I'm tired of doing this on my own. You may have wandered from the Lord and the Spirit of God is saying to us this day. I want this relationship with you. I want a relationship that is real and personal. I, I want to use you, son, daughter. And I'll tell you this morning, it's as simple as ABC. It's, it's we, A, we admit that we're a sinner. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. B, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. C, if we will confess with our mouths. You don't have to confess your sins to me. Confess your sins to God Almighty. And He is full of grace and love and forgiveness. And He comes into our hearts and makes all things new. In a moment as I pray, if that's your prayer, a prayer of of maybe the first time of giving your heart to Jesus or maybe a prayer of rededication. But everybody, if you haven't, everybody's invited to respond to this message today because in the, in the holiness of this moment, I want you to think about what conversations Jesus may want you to have this week. He's already told me some who I have to have conversations with this week. And I've got to travel. I've got to travel at least 60 miles for one of the conversations. I've got to go back to Lake Charles and I've got to have a conversation. Who does Jesus want you to have a conversation with this week? I don't want to be a mug on the shelf. 
I don't want to be a vessel just sitting on the shelf. I want the Spirit of God to flow through me and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be acceptable. They're going to prepare us for baptism in just a moment, but I just want to pray right now and say, Pastor, you're speaking directly to me this morning. And just in this moment, you want to lift a hand and say, let's just everybody, every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, say, Pastor, I want to give my heart to Jesus. Would you just lift your hand and I will pray with you this morning. God bless you. Lord Jesus, you are so good and faithful to us. We thank you for grace. We thank you for forgiveness. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But today we embrace you. We embrace the grace. We embrace the free gift of eternal life today. We thank you for your faithfulness to our hearts, God. We thank you that you are here right now in this moment, God. You are changing us. You are, you are transforming us by Your Spirit, O oh God. And Lord, we're going to have more conversations. We're going to get into Your Word. We're going to allow You to get into us. And we're going to allow Your Spirit to flow through us. So God, I pray today You give us the courage. You give us harvest eyes. Give us the eyes to see the world as you see the world. Spirit of the God, Spirit of God, as you led Philip, would you lead me? Would you lead this people this week? Oh God, lead us to the conversations we need to have. And Lord, we ask you to sanctify our words. God, use them. We set them apart for a holy use. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I want you to stay right where you are. I want you to worship as they play. And we're going to prepare for a time of baptism, time of celebration, what God has done in these individuals' lives. God bless you.